0: This is Mareva Valindo and Emma Rothman, and you're listening to The Archives, brought to you by the Resource Center at the Old Town School of Folk Music.
1: Oh, Shenandoah, I love your daughter. Oh! White mulata, we, we are bound away from this world of misery. For seven years I toiled the ocean. Hooray! courted Sally, no pen, no paper, plural, my rolling river. I courted Sally with fool's cap, paper. We are by cry out roll, my rolling river Sally forth my bow and answer We, we are my toiling who oh, my rolling river nobody cares about my danger we, we are bound away from this world of misery oh Shenandoah
0: also known as World of Misery, as performed by the Golden Ring Singers, led by Jack Tinesco. That was from the Halloween 1976 episode of The Wandering Folk Song, the radio program hosted by George Armstrong on WFMT from the mid-70s through the early 80s. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, so Emma, do you want to talk a little bit about George's inspiration to get into this music and not only get into it, but have profound curiosity about it to the point that he did this program about the connections between folk music around the country and the world.
2: So Rebecca suggested that George's love of tradition and folklore stemmed from the fact that his dad had come from the old country, from Scotland, England. Mm-hmm. And by the time he was 11, he had discovered the Chicago Stockyard Kilty Band and was totally in love with the bagpipes and took him up in that year. And which led him to explore sort of Scottish and English music and folklore that had translated itself into American folk music and folk tales, particularly in in the Appalachians, which is where those people settled mostly.
0: Yeah, and he was a curious guy. Rebecca talks about how he would just, you know, know, have his recorder around. And he might ask, you know, if it was okay to record. It was like a common thing. People Mm -hmm. would often say yes. He was a curious guy, and he was also inspired by another really influential musicologist
3: just some of your well alan lomax i mean i think alan lomax had such an important influence on a lot of people the idea that people come and then they die this is a fragile enterprise the whole oral tradition is like the falling of a leaf. If you don't find it now, it could be gone. It goes back into the loam of culture and disperses itself and is gone. So I think my dad was very uh, a keen observer of that. And you know, he'd gotten his degree at the University of Chicago. He knew about research, about footnotes, the importance of documenting things. Mm-hmm. And that I think, was a big spur to him to make sure that he took his notes and, and made his recordings so that things were preserved for posterity, that that was part of his obligation.
2: So George was a big nerd. <laughs> Basically, is what is it, what it sounds like. I imagine just like a kid walking around with a tape recorder and a kilt on. We all know one of those. Oh, sure. Know. Yeah. Yeah, so... From how Rebecca describes it at least right there, it sounds it does sound very academic. Um, but as we've discussed before, the way that Jerry and George collected these songs was really, really unique and so much about the people um, and so much about the relationships that they made on these trips. Um, and so Rebecca talks a little further about that. You
3: know, every summer we would have these adventures of going to collect. And it wasn't just a one-way thing. We would come armed with all of the songs we'd been practicing as a family during the year so that we would perform things that we had learned from other people and then try them out (laughs) on uh, our, our listeners and say, Now, do you know another version of that? And they'd inevitably go, well, yeah, you know, that, that fourth verse, I had a whole different set of lyrics that would go. My version kind of went like this, and then off they would go, and my dad would click the record button, and yeah. So there was a lot of that.
2: So, as we've mentioned before, it really was a very unique way of collecting this material. And the way that Rebecca describes this beautiful sort of exchange reminds me of a book uh, called The Gift by Lewis Hyde where Hyde talks about art and culture as gifts rather than commodities, things that can't be bought or sold but have to be given and reciprocated, um, which is very much, I think, what was happening in this situation. Um, And also, yeah, yeah, definitely. And also in that that an exchange of gifts creates a deep bond between giver, receiver, receiver, giver, um, which we see... Clearly here that you know the Armstrongs became great friends with these people um, and then passed the songs along, continuing the exchanging of gifts to a whole other community
0: yeah, I think we both found that aspect of their work really compelling and different from a lot of other field recording work that we have come across um, and so we knew they made all these recordings and went on these trips together as a family. Um, mm-hmm. But when we chatted with Rebecca, we were curious if she could enlighten us as to how her dad went from doing this as a personal curiosity and keeping these recordings at home to actually turning it into a program broadcast to the public. As as
3: I recall, there was a period in my father's life where he was sort of getting antsy. It's I know he had written a proposal to try to get some grant money to go over to Scotland to do some research, and he'd been turned down. He was very frustrated about that and kind of searching around for something else because he he wanted to make a bigger contribution.
0: Ultimately, the Wandering Folk song was his way to make that contribution.
2: Yeah, and it was a really great platform for him to make all kinds of connections, connections between music and folklore, and on intersecting planes, connections between many different kinds of music and many different kinds of folklore, the histories of different kinds of people. The Wandering Folk Song, as it was called. Right, yeah. and he would make those connections by uh, a common idea or thought in folklore, or even just like a human experience.
0: Yeah, um, so here's a clip of George drawing some connections between folklore and music uh, from around the world, uh, different English-speaking cultures, in his episode about the folklore of death.
4: And that was Gene Ritchie with Eric Darling on banjo, singing a, a Kentucky version of the old British ballad The Unquiet Grave. And that beautiful song embodies an ancient and widespread belief that excessive mourning and weeping disturbs the rest of the dead. There's another belief, too, connected with this, that that weeping and mourning even wets the winding sheet of those who have been laid to rest. Another of the old ballads that came to this country was The Wife of Usher's Well, which had all sorts of connotations of witchcraft and uh, supernatural aspects in the old world. I suspect its popularity in this country... And in this version from Arkansas we're about to hear, mainly stems from the tragic death of children and a desire to have them back, a, a disbelief. Somehow, if one could only appeal to a merciful God, those children would be returned. And this song from Arkansas, I think, reflects this. The Lady from the West Country, it's called. And here it is sung by Jerry Armstrong.
5: There was a lady lived in the West Country, and children she had three. She sent them away to the North Country for to learn their grammar. They hadn't been gone but a very small while, scarce like twelve day till death oh death spread over the land and it swept those babes away is there no king in heaven? she cried that used to wear Tonight or in the morning soon three little babes, come eat and drink of mine we can't eat none of your bread mother nor drink none of your wine for just before the break of day our savior we must join she made the beds up in spread them with clinging chains and over the top spread a golden cloth for to make a better sleep rise ye up rise ye up cried the oldest one rise ye up rise ye up cried Stands our Savior dear, and it's Him we must obey. Green grass grows at our heads, Mother, cold clods lie at our feet. The tears you shed for us, Mother, would had wet
0: our winding. Joseph Campbell, frequent Armstrong house guest and author of Hero of a Thousand Faces, also shared George's excitement about folklore and cross-cultural connections. Campbell, of
3: course, being a comparative mythologist, that's kissing cousins to being a folklorist. we are looking at the same material, right? Um, Mythology tends to look more at some of the written documentation from the religious... Uh, stories whereas the folk or oral tradition is looking sort of more from the peasant viewpoint if I may be so bold <laughs> to suggest it. Mm-hmm. but there's a lot of meeting of minds in sure. those two fields so Campbell and my father just became incredibly close friends because they understood that both were on these quests to understand the deep uh, sort of underpinnings, the root system of what gives rise. For my father, it would be like, how do we get five versions of the same tune, hmm. but coming from five different countries, yeah. or five different, completely different time periods, mm-hmm. and you can't trace a, a direct link through a person or something. How does that happen? What What's the root system underneath that? Campbell's going, how do we get five different variants of this myth Mm. on five continents, and it's so obviously the same story. How did that come about? Is this a psychological impulse? Or were there some uh, interpenetrating cultural exchanges that we have no record of? What explains that?
2: So as we come to a close, um, I think I'd really like to share the liner notes from Uh, the Armstrong's Folkways record, Simple Gifts. And so here's part of it. They wrote, In this age when our entertainment is provided for us, education has become institutionalized and almost all knowledge has become dependent on books. The ancient folk arts, which rely on oral transmission, are all but lost. The Armstrongs seek to recreate and incorporate into their own lives this oral tradition, which is the natural way of spreading ideas, going from man to man, from parent to child, from friend to friend, and relies solely on the truth and beauty of that which is shared. The songs on this album are drawn from a tradition that is shared by the people of the British Isles and those in America who trace their origins to those islands, but in a larger sense, these songs should be considered the common heritage of all of us who speak the English language. These songs are offered not only for your listening enjoyment, but also in the hope that you will learn to sing them yourself. This was sort of their, like, mission statement. That it was, yeah. it was about connecting with the past, but bringing that feeling of sharing and of passing along into the future as well. It was why they recorded... Simple Gifts, which they say right here very
0: explicitly, mm-hmm. it was why they went to North Carolina and Arkansas and Virginia and other places of the world and brought that music back with them to Chicago and shared it with people here um, yeah, and why they brought those people to Chicago as well mm-hmm. and ultimately why George started the Wandering Folk song too Great. I think that really gets back to uh, a point that Rebecca made really beautifully
3: the single most important thing that we've been talking about are relationships. The fact that we made friendships with these people. We didn't just go to extract data so that we could assimilate it and catalog it and sell it or perform it or something. We were trying to develop relationships and friendships with people. Mm -hmm. And that's what made it breathe and move. That's why you feel safe and happy here. It's because there are people around who actually care about other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm shocked and sorry to say that that's somewhat unusual in this day and age, but we all know that that is true. That people who put people first are still rare and few and far between. And there's something about folk music that somehow holds that cultural value distinct. And so when you begin singing the songs It's like this is the coded message. If you sing it enough, you find that somehow you are responding to that rhythm, that you care about people. You care about the folk. The folk are important. And so I think that's the most important thing about what my parents did, about what my sister and I are trying to do in preserving and perpetuating the the family tradition, is to say people matter and people matter first and before anything else mm-hmm. and that's why we sing the songs because the songs know that
6: my life flows on in endless song above earth's lamentation I hear the real though far off hymn that hails you. Above the tumult and the strife I hear its music ringing It sounds an echo in my soul How can I keep from singing? what though the tempest loudly roars i hear the truth it liveth what though the darkness round me close songs in the night it giveth no storm can shake my inmost calm while to that rock I'm clinging Since love is Lord of heaven and earth How can I keep from singing When tyrants tremble sick with fear To hear their death now ringing when friends rejoice both far and near How can I keep from singing In prison cell and dungeon vile, My thoughts to them are winging When friends by shame are undefiled How can I keep from singing? Tis the gift
1: to
5: be simple,
1: tis the gift to be free Tis the gift to come
5: down where we ought to be
0: This has been the Archives. Thanks to
2: Colby Maddox and the Resource Center at the Old Town School of Folk Music. For more information about goings-on at the school, please visit www.oldtownschool.org. Thanks for listening.
4: So this is George Armstrong wishing you good night.
2: We
5: will not be ashamed To turn, to turn will be your delight Till by turning, turning we come Thank you very much, good night.